Let's talk about it. City Church Gainesville. Yep. We're here recording live. Man. Um, so I just want to update the audience here because yeah. I'm co-hosted with Jared Cagle and the upcoming rising star, rising associate star. pastor, wow. Marcus Donaldson. What an intro. I appreciate that. Upcoming. <laughs> Up and coming. Absolutely. So how do you feel, man? Uh, it's a privilege for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, excited for what God has in the future, um, but more than anything, it's just a, a privilege. It, um, I've been reminded of that the last couple of days. Yeah, it's awesome. So the audience wants to know. The audience wants to know is that what are you going to do in your first day? Ninety days, first ninety <laughs> yeah, days in yeah. the office. <laughs> well, I have about a dozen executive orders that yeah. I'd like to start. Um, <laughs> You know, I think more than anything, what I've learned is I need to get on the same page and the same pace as the people who have been here and been doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I get on that pace and on that page, then I can figure out um, exactly where we're going. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think we are transitioning into the... The sermon that we were doing, we're on a new session, yep. new series, new episode yep. uh, that Jared and uh, Marcus are leading us into. And so it's on the book of Ephesians. Yeah. And I love that book. That's one of one of my favorite books of studying and mm. just going through it because uh, it has a lot of Trinitarian uh, mm. yeah. language that is in it. And I, sometimes I forget. Sometimes we as believers forget um uh, about the the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and we don't really know the roles sure. of it, uh, of them. And so sometimes we kind of just category, um, and it really exemplify that God is one. Yeah. Um, rather, we're, we're forgetting that He's He's one essence, but three persons. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Explain about it. Why Why do you want to? Why Why choose Ephesians? Yeah. Ephesians. Um, actually, Marcus was a big part of choosing that and praying through it because you know when when I kind of threw out hey I w- we're heading into this season where we need to be talking about unity in the body we need to be talking about the church as um as a family unified on mission moving in a direction together um you know as we develop membership and eldership and and the future leaders of this of this body you know what's a what's a good series we can go through that can help us kind of encapsulate that and we started looking through some of the pastoral epistles and i i think i might have suggested ephesians and then marcus started diving in and he's like i really think that this is where we need to be mm-hmm. um to accomplish all that you're that's on your heart and so there's a lot of alignment there but the the ultimate goal in this season is to bring unity to the body yeah. and to help rightly teach what that is because we can we can be unified around the wrong thing yeah. right and we don't want to do that especially today in our culture because we're being honestly a lot of times as leaders i think we're being pulled off our line to try to compromise or it feels like the culture or whatever is asking us to compromise so often on right. truth mm-hmm. and water it down and it's honestly a lot easier to be unified on issues when we're less clear with the way that we're we're presenting truth but at the end of the day sustainable unity 
eternal unity, kingdom unity is only possible underneath the authority of scripture. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's the heart behind it all. How, how can we pursue unity, but not just any unity, unity around how Jesus has designed his bride, the church right. to operate and, and how can we be more effective together? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we are more effective together when we start to understand like what God has really done for us. Cause mm-hmm. you mentioned it, Jared, and one of your sermons of just like, hey, Ephesians kind of just breaks down as like first half is like what God has done for us. Mm-hmm. And then the other half is like our response. And in our society, it kind of preaches more of just like, hey, you want to know, know thyself, know thyself, know mm-hmm. thyself. Right. Um, but really, we should look at it in a, in a twofold yep. vision of like. When we're looking at the world, we should say, all right, know thy God yep. and then know thyself. Yep. And so that's, that's how good. we. That is good. But we got to we got to know thy God first. That's right. right. Before we can know ourselves. Right. And so I think the, the book of Ephesians definitely hones in on that. Love it. On that piece. Um, so what what was the history background? I know you went kind of talked about it in, in the sermon, but what was it about? With Ephesians specifically? Yeah, with Ephesians. What was the historical? Yeah, so, I mean, we're sitting in um, a metropolis, you know, right there in the middle of the of, of the world at the time, right there in the port city of Ephesus, lower, uh, well, I should use su- southwestern-ish part of Asia. <laughs> I almost said lower left, like we're, like, like we're talking to, you know, my, my three-year-old. Anyway. Uh, sometimes you got to simplify, yeah, though. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? Lower left on the map, yeah. southwest. Yeah. Uh, geographically. So, anyway, we're, uh, here we are in a port city. Yeah. A lot of, um, this is a lot of trade routes coming in from the water, but also from the land as well. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a, a lot of up and coming things are happening in this city. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things are going for them. Of course, they were worshiping the wrong things as well and they they have a lot of security in and of themselves and the way that they're operating and there were a lot of false teachings happening mm. in this time as i'm discussing this yep i'm looking at two church historians mm. literally as i'm saying it marcus donaldson and corbin stone quite <laughs> literally in classes to describe <laughs> these things and I jumped in like you were asking me. He's the and church you should, historian. And you should be talking about it yourself. No, 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 no. See, I'm, a, I'm a merely a beginner. I'm merely a beginner. Yeah. And, uh, but it makes me think of, like, Marcus, I really don't. I want to know what was your reasoning in wanting to dive deep into Ephesians as well? And, like, was it the historical historical piece of learning all that? Yeah, so as... Jared told me that that's where God was leading him. And if I would just pray, uh, pray through it and just pray and see if God revealed the same thing to me, it was like quick, Mm -hmm. like confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. Um, You know, one of those was as I was diving into the some of the historical aspects of Ephesus and, and the people there, you know, you see 
Jew and Gentile, who right. both groups were told that they were better than one another their entire life. Right. And now they're mm-hmm. coming together on, like for one purpose and having to do life together in a meaningful way. Right. Yeah. Um, in one of the greatest wonders of the ancient world, mm-hmm. yeah. in a place that was like rampant with idolatry, yeah. rampant with false teaching. Right. And, yeah. and here we are in America pretending like that's not us, like yeah. we're somehow greater than them. But, you know, in... I think what I learned this year, what I saw this year, was in the church, the election fractured the church. You know, there was like, there was such a split between left and right or this person or that person and issues. And like, yes, all these things matter. Mm -hmm. But I think Jared captured it the best at at the top. You know, he said that that it's our our purpose or being united in in one purpose one focus one mm-hmm. one mission yeah. um that unites us and when when we keep that in mind um it allows us to love each other through different views through mm-hmm. different yeah, opinions good. or beliefs and everything else and and i mean in the church just the the end of 2020 i mean maybe you guys saw it as well but you know, I think some people were deeply hurt. Yeah. Um, I think some people were offended just because of political party. Yeah. You know, and it came out in yeah. brother and sister, believers in Christ. So yeah. as I was looking at the some of the historical aspects of, you know, the epistle overall, but really the, the first century um, in Asia Minor, I was blown away at mm-hmm. at just how familiar it all seemed and felt. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I'm glad you turned it to him, man. He brought us back home. <laughs> uh, so, in my personal study um, of Ephesians, and I was just blown away by like the four things I, I kind of pointed out. So I wrote it out here, and I'm about to read it. So yeah. stick with me. Yeah, be good. patient with me. So the reasons Paul wrote to Ephesus, right? One, number one, he wanted the church at Ephesus to understand that our salvation is something that God planned from eternity and that mm-hmm. he planned it in such a way that it would show the glory of his grace. Yeah. Number two, he wanted to teach them that as saved people of God, they were greatly blessed. And he wanted to remind them of some of these great blessings and they received when they came to the salvation in Christ. Yeah. Number three, he wanted to remind them that in Christ, in the middle wall, Sorry, that in Christ, the middle wall of partition between the Jews and the Gentiles have yeah. been brought down. Yeah. So that now in Christ, there was no racial or mm-hmm. tribal distinction. Right. Uh, number four, he wanted to encourage them to live their lives worthy of the calling that they had received. Mm-hmm. He wanted to show them that, the, that those who are saved must now begin to live distinctive lives here on earth. In this letter, therefore, Paul gives very specific teachings on how we are to live our lives in the local church, in the world, and in the home. Mm, so and, good. Right. Right, it is. And it goes along with what Marcus was saying. I'm just like, there's so much disunity that we have and that we see in the world. But going back to that first half of the book is written yeah. um, of what God has done for us. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the other half of the book is like our response to God and our obedience to right. God. Yeah. So, and I think that we have a very uh, romanticizing obedience. Like we think that big, wow. right? Big. If we do something big, then then we're obeying God. Yeah. But if we just take it down, like 
hey, it's okay to do small things to walk yeah. in obedience as as well. Yeah. And sometimes that is loving our That's brother good. and walking in reconciliation and um, and walking in forgiveness for sure. Yeah. And uh, it it pleases our Father to do that. Yeah. So. Love fulfills the law. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you said that, I was thinking. And I've had this thought for a while, you know, but you, I think you captured it really well. You know, we romanticize just simple obedience. You know, we want to be the one who gives a ton or, um, you know, sees revival happen through ourselves. But, you know, it's like just that, like if you could be an average Christian, like if all the people who called themselves Christian were the most average people, Mm -hmm. like the name of God would be bigger and brighter and better than anything this world has to offer, which it is already. But like people would see that and respond to that. If people were just average, if they prayed, if they were in the word, if uh, they fasted regularly, if they uh, attended corporate worship regularly, if they shared the gospel and made disciples um, regularly, like just average, you know, just maybe like, when you saw somebody, you're like, man, I don't know if they're going into heaven or hell. I don't know if they know Jesus Christ in saving faith. I don't know if they know him as Lord and Savior. So let me just ask them. Right. You know, or, man, I, I don't have the courage right now to ask them. Let me pray right. that God would would strengthen me, would give me that courage to have our paths cross again and, and share it. Um, right. You know, relying on him. Right. So good. But it comes with that understanding of the gospel. We yeah, have to yeah. see like the importance of the gospel. And Ephesians 1, definitely for me, captures that. Yeah. You know, like the beauty of the gospel. Because yeah. he breaks down. And like, if we look at it, um, I want to say, if we look at it in the the Greek, right, from verses 3 through 14, it is a one yeah. two hundred word yeah. sentence. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's like two oh two exact. Right, right. Yeah. And he, he just like spit. If yeah. he was a rapper right now, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> this dude is just spitting. Like, Bars. <laughs> oh, and he's man. like, it seems like he's like not taking a breath. You know right. what I'm saying? Like he no period, like nothing. Mm-hmm. He's not stopping. He's just ranting it out, and like that is the beauty of the gospel <clears throat> that he is raving and like so excited about it. And, and that's the same way that we have to be about it as believers. But it comes to like, so the gospel is not only the means for salvation, but it's the very thing that keeps us mm-hmm. as, as well. And yeah. so when we remind ourselves that, like, hey, listen, we need to preach the gospel to ourselves yeah. every week because we forget the gospel every week. Um, it's just huge. Yeah. And once we cherish it, then we can allow ourselves to like become, make disciples and yeah. Yeah. share it with others and. Uh, even share with our spouses and children. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is unlike to your point. It's a daily necessity to be preaching this, this to ourselves Mm -hmm. because it's not a a one-time gift. Like we sometimes, uh, I mean, we can get it wrong quickly. I've been in churches that got it wrong when Mm -hmm. you present this truth as if it's a sign, the dotted line and you're good Mm -hmm. for the rest of your, you know, go on and do whatever there's grace you know we've got this grace over us that covers so we can do whatever we want underneath because we've got grace but what paul is very clearly articulating to Mm -hmm. your point is this grace is enough yes but it's not this uh blanket 
only like mm-hmm. yes it is acting as a blanket that's covering but it's it's more of the fuel and the power that's sustaining us the very the very gift of God's mercy comes right. through the vehicle of his grace right. and it's a daily renewal of the mind in in this love that he's offering us mm-hmm. it's not a it's not meant to be a take it off the shelf receive it and put it back on the shelf it's right. a it's a constant renewal and it's not that doesn't make us less secure you know when right. i was younger I, right. I struggled with that i'm like wait are you saying i've got to like get saved every day or am i supposed to be down at the week me and marcus have talked about this so, you know hit in in church uh experiences in the past like mm-hmm. am i supposed to go down on the altar every week it seems like i'm supposed to be down there every week right right, right. <laughs> and it's like not to be saved again right but to come to come to jesus uh-huh. And to be renewed and to be this, what does he say in verse, in verse seven or eight or eight, which, this, according to the riches of his grace, verse eight, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known this mystery to us according to his purpose. He's lavishing this on us. His mercies are new every morning. He's, mm-hmm. he's continually lavishing this on us so that we can be filled up to be fully alive in him and not dependent on a one-time thing and then myself after that. Mm-hmm. We're proving as we go that it's all him. Right. It's always been him right. from before the foundation of the world. Right. And today I'm dependent on him as well. Yeah. And man, that that word grace that mm-hmm. you just said, it's so huge and it's so big. And Paul opens up with grace and um, it's, it's amazing. And so I, to me, I think of grace as like an ocean. It's deep enough, right, mm-hmm. to, to have an elephant in it that can drown an elephant in yeah. um, a giraffe, right? But it's also shallow <laughs> enough for the for kids to play in it, right, yeah. to, to get their ankles wet. So good. Um, and so I, it reminds me of Titus chapter 2, uh, verse 11, right? For the grace of God has appeared with salvation for all people. Uh, here's uh, verse 12, instructing us to deny godliness and worldly lust and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age. And, so and good. It's grace that strengthen the, strengthens us. It's grace that uh, is sufficient enough even for our bad days. Yeah. You know, and it's the grace that keeps us. So good. So Mm, I see you flipping over there. You got something for <laughs> Marcus us? flipping. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's the... What you were saying reminded me of the reality that Christians live in the now and the still to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yes, we are recipients of grace presently, um, but we continue like God continues to pour out his grace like he lavished, made abundant yeah. toward us. Like yeah. it's a continuous thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we could talk about sanctification and yeah, everything yeah. else. But, you know, the reality is, is that. We don't just take it when we need it and then put it back on the shelf, right, like Jared right, said. Right. Like now, in the still to come, like right. um, yeah. you know the the riches that we see or that we will see in heaven, um, it'll make all this worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, all the sufferings, all the trials, all the the struggles with self denial, but um, it's all going to be worth it, and it is worth it now, and it, it'll be worth it. In that in that last day, and then you think about the it from eternity's past. He lavished this, you know, yeah. like this was poured out, right, right. And this was always the plan. I read this. I'm just going to read part of this quote that I read on Sunday, yeah. 
but from Charles Spurgeon, he says, grace is not a piece of new cloth put into an old garment. Mm. Grace is not an alteration which God made in his original plan. It is not some addition that he made because some unlooked for catastrophe occurred. He foresaw it all from all eternity. And every iota of the plan of grace was devised of old. You know, it's this, it's this um, theme from the start. We're not on a collision course and then God swoops in and his grace gets us out of the way last minute. Like, right. whoa, look at how cool. No, like he saw it all. He sees it all. It, it's nothing is outside of his control. Yeah. He's not surprised. I have to come back to that. That's one of the most beautiful things about grace to me. When you think about it in terms of the way that God's grace was poured out from the beginning of time and it was planned mm -hmm. in this way, very specifically, intentionally yeah. and personally, yeah. it unlocks something for me when I know that his, his grace is enough, yes, and he, he's in control of mm -hmm. all the circumstances and he has poured out his grace more than enough to fulfill all of these situations that I'm in now, I'm going to be in, I was in, mm -hmm. and he, and there was, you know, like, it's not a, let me grab the grace when I need the grace. Yeah. It's all pervasive. Right. It's all the time. And it's been there from the beginning. Right. Past, present and future. Yeah. Right. Jesus died to cover sins for mm -hmm. past, present and the yep. future. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Yeah. Come on. That's good. <laughs> Corbin's gonna start dancing here in a minute. Yeah. You better watch out. <laughs> I'm gonna do the Shimani dance. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. But I think that does anybody else have anything to say about grace? Because I think it pretty much wraps it up. Praise God for it. Right. Because yeah. I needed it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Same. We all needed it for sure. And I think definitely Ephesians. Go in Ephesians chapter one. Um, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm excited about it because it it truly goes throughout so much detail mm -hmm. of what the Lord has truly mm -hmm. done for us. And it's like, hey, man, and this is just for our audience, and hopefully that you can uh, find application is this is that, like, when you're having your bad days and uh, all the time that you're looking at your sin, uh, hey, look ten times more at what Christ and uh, God the Father and the Holy Spirit have done for you um, than your sin and your flaws or your insecurities that kind of plague your mind. So, it's good. much love. Yeah. Peace and grace, fam. Peace and grace.